welcome to the DHG podcast series with a focus on life beyond numbers with topics about people, careers and flexibility. And now, here's your host, our Director of Corporate Communications and All Things Fun, Alice Gray Harrison. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of our DHG podcast series. I'm Alice Gray Harrison, your host. And I love this venue because we get to focus on things that are important to us here at DHG, our life beyond numbers, the stories about flexibility, careers, and of course, things that are important to our people. I'm super excited to be in June celebrating Pride Month. And our Pride Plus resource group has come up with some awesome activities for the month. From my experience sessions where we get to hear from Pride Plus members featuring authentic and real perspectives to help us learn, to a film festival and everything in between. And we are connecting and learning together. It's a really, really amazing thing for us. So our goal at DHG is to build a great culture for all. That means for everyone, inclusive of everyone. And for some, this means understanding the importance of pronouns and using them correctly. And this is a fairly new topic in our world, not just at DHG that we're tackling. So I'm super excited that we're having this conversation today. Joining me is Alana Carvalho. She is with our Pride Plus Common Interest Group and also a stellar, stellar, awesome team member of our healthcare consulting group. Welcome, Alana. Hi, thank you for having me. Absolutely. Okay, so let's just dig in. When I say pronouns, what do I mean? So pronouns kind of in the basic understanding are words that we use when we're referring to somebody in the third person generally understood as he, she, and then they for the plural, previously understood. Pronouns in the more intricate and delicate sense in regards to gender identity are testaments that people make about who they are and what they want to be referred to as. They were previously referred to as preferred pronouns, but that is now an outdated term. So now we just call them pronouns because everybody has them. Everybody has a pronoun that they wish to be referred to as. And to start off, I'll say that my pronouns are she, they, meaning that anytime you refer to me in the third person, she and they are acceptable. I don't generally accept he. So those are my pronouns. And that's what a pronoun is. Awesome. Okay. Well, and mine is she and her. So we probably, I probably should have started off with us talking about that. <laughs> um, so how do I know what pronouns to use? I know some people list them in their email signature, but if not, how do I know? Yeah, yeah. And you're totally right. The email signature is a new practice. It's generally something often seen with allies and people who understand the sensitivity of pronouns. It's a great practice. I definitely recommend everyone putting their pronouns in there. But there's a couple ways. Sometimes people will tell you right off the bat. Sometimes it's generally um, a sensitive conversation for some people. So I think the best way, if you are curious, is just to make it a practice to introduce yourself with your pronouns. So for example, you know, when I started at the company, I had multiple people state their pronouns before speaking to me, Summer being one of them, and my step one coach, Haley Adrian, both to set a great example by saying, hi, I'm so-and-so, my pronouns are she, her, et cetera, you know, and then like asking me to introduce myself and giving me the space to do that. So that's a really, really good way to essentially create space for the other person to know without directly asking. So I definitely always recommend that. It just offers like, you know, the option if you want to announce those or not. And then you can always ask, you know, there's generally no harm in asking either. So awesome. Okay. So 
sometimes I'm a bit of a slow learner. <laughs> what do I do? Are we all? <laughs> right. So especially when it's something new. And for this, mm-hmm. it's something that I'm having to change a habit. I'm 45 years old. Yes, I just told my age. So, you know, <laughs> for 44 years, I have used certain pronouns. And now I'm having to use different ones that may be hard for me to adjust to. What do I do if I get them wrong? So you're going to get them wrong. I've gotten them wrong. You know, everyone makes the mistake. Using gender really based language and pronouns is really, really common and just really ingrained in our language and our cultural norms. Many, many languages are really gender based. and There's a lot of gender in their language, like Spanish, you know, even like specific words are gendered as feminine or masculine words. And so it's really something to definitely forgive yourself over first. I think that's the first hump to kind of get over is that you are learning, you care, and it is okay to make a mistake, but does not make you a malicious individual. But when you make a mistake, it's really good to, first of all, recognize that mistake, understand kind of the harm that comes with that mistake, and then to just kind of politely correct yourself in a very brief way, and then apologize. Like those are really, really good ways to just come back from that and show that you really care about the conversation and the importance of using the appropriate pronouns. And another tip that I generally give people who are kind of coming into this conversation and want to be an ally and want to help, but, you know, learning is is difficult and coming back from mistakes can be difficult when you make them. It can actually kind of deter us from learning sometimes because we're embarrassed. I like to use genderless language. So I use a lot of they when I'm speaking about people or I say person rather than man or woman. I've decided to take out sir or ma'am. You know, I'm from the South. It's really ingrained in me to like be polite and say those things. But I've decided to take it out and leave more space for, you know, whatever anybody identifies with and ask to essentially not make less space for people who don't identify in those spaces. So those are my tips for just making mistakes and just kind of how to move forward and be more of an ally just in the way you speak. That is really great advice. I hadn't really thought about the sir or ma'am, but that is really great advice. So, okay. So the next question is for you yourself, have you had, or do you know somebody who's had situation where they have been misgendered and how did they feel? How did it impact them? How does one react to something like that? Yeah, definitely. I myself and frequently misgendered, but I absolutely know people who are misgendered regularly. It's not uncommon for people with pronouns outside of the understood binary. It definitely happens. We understand that people make mistakes as well. Um, It really is how you kind of choose to come back from that mistake. Um, That just kind of shows where you are. I kind of like to put these instances in two different kinds of buckets. So the way that I misgendered typically was kind of with like one-off instances with strangers. Because I have those she, they pronouns, so that she kind of falls within the understood binary of my quote-unquote biological sex. So generally when I'm being misgendered is when somebody looks at me and I present myself in a traditionally male sense, and so they assume that I am a guy. Off the bat, you know, I'm not making it easy for them. (laughs) I definitely understand that. It'll be something like I walk into a store and someone says, hi, sir, like, how can I help you? Or can you get this gentleman? Blah, blah, blah. You know, something along the lines of that. And then the other instance would be somebody has stated their pronouns, has announced their pronouns, and then later in conversation, you know, either by habit or just by just not thinking about it, you know, you misgender somebody. And I will say that from what I've understood, the second is more harmful to be misgendered by people you know, to have stated something and been very clear about that. It usually takes a lot of bravery or at least a lot of self-thought. And then being misgendered, that can be a bit more harmful because, you know, what I personally do not really care about what a stranger says. And I don't see it as being as malicious as someone I've directly told, hey, these are my pronouns. Please refer to me as this. 
So and I will say that, you know, when me being misgendered, it is kind of embarrassing, I will say, less than like harmful. <laughs> but I had this incident the other day at uh, the Goodwill <laughs> and I was walking up and I was dropping things off and I had this man come out and he was kind of just getting excited. It's like, sir, 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 will you please put them in the bins, sir? Like, please put them in the bins. Don't put them there. And I was like, okay, okay, no problem. And there was another individuals sitting on the deck and they just kind of loudly say she's a lady just very (laughs) very loudly in front of everybody and then you know the man's embarrassed and he's over apologizing and you know I'm just kind of trying to accept all the apologies and just say it's okay and I just (laughs) want to just disappear (laughs) just like this is so embarrassing there's like kind of an instance like that that's generally how that makes people feel like in those kind of instances because what do you say they don't mean any harm it's an accident. These people don't know you, you know, that's kind of difficult. That's definitely a situation where, you know, what I'm suggesting genderless language and referring to people, you know, without gendering your language can be really helpful because then you kind of avoid those mistakes altogether. And then the other way, it definitely is, again, it's more personal when it's somebody that you've told your pronouns to, you trust that person to respect that. And then that mistake comes up there, you know, whether it's intentional or not. Yeah. So those are the two types. And like, you know, they do definitely vary and what needs to come after that. Yeah. And, you know, so Alana, Summer Brooks, who leads our Pride Plus Common Interest Group, she and I had a conversation about this topic and she made a great analogy for me. So my name is Alice Gray Harrison. Most people would think I go by Alice Harrison, but as a good old Southern Belle, I go by Alice Gray. I use my first and middle name. That's what people call me, right? Mm -hmm. And so when people first meet me, they think my name is Alice. And it may take a couple of times for me to help them learn that it's Alice Gray, not Alice. And, you know, learning to use the right pronouns is kind of the same. I mean, it isn't the same thing. (laughs) I have not had to go through the same situation and events in my life and emotions. Mm -hmm. My name is not emotional. Gender (laughs) gender pronouns can be very emotional, right? Would you agree, Alana? Yeah, of course. I'm not saying it's the same thing, but if we think about learning somebody's name and they may have a challenging name or two names (laughs) like me, just in your mind, saying it over and over again and repeating. And then for me, as the person who the name belongs to, it's up to me to correct the person so that they can learn and so they can get better. So I thought Summer's analogy there was a really good way for those of us who are allies to understand how we can be better allies. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I thought it was a great analogy too. I think that was definitely part of that conversation at one point. Mm -hmm. Um, And I totally agree. Anybody who has even like kind of a name that is challenging phonetically, someone like you, who it's like a misunderstood, you have two first names. In a lot of ways, it is the same. But just like you said, there's a lot more that comes with, you know, adjusting your pronouns or, you know, making your pronouns stating your pronouns in a different way. But in a lot of ways, it is really similar. You know, like you said, the first couple of times, like, oh, okay, I get it. It's a mistake. Like you're learning. Right. We're just getting to know each other, you know? And But then after that, it's like, you know, like, you've known somebody for six months. Then you're just like, wow, do you not respect me enough to call right. me what I am stated by like, right. what my name is? And that way, it's really, really similar. So yes. if, if you do need like kind of a connection to understand that, that's a really great way to get people on board with kind of the empathy of that. So I think that's really yes. simple. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to go a little off script here. I have a godchild and my godchild was born going by the pronouns he, him. And recently my godchild has decided to go by 
they, them. And some have maybe reacted in a way thinking that they just want attention. I understand through all of the wonderful ways that I've been educated by friends, by colleagues, just being an ally at DHG that, you know, there probably is a little more to it than that. What are your thoughts? <laughs> probably. <laughs> right. I know, that's, that's getting yeah. it pretty lightly, right? Um, there probably is a little more to it. But what are your thoughts to helping others understand that making these decisions really aren't about attention, right? It's really complex. I want to empathize with them and hope that they have stepped, that your godson child has um, safe spaces to be in and, you know, feels comfortable and has certain people in their life that they can trust with those things. Outside of that, referring to the person with that response, one, I definitely feel a bit saddened and disheartened kind of by that outlook, just because it generally, I feel like is a really common response for people who struggle to understand or are struggling to find the energy to understand because mm-hmm. understanding and trying to have empathy for somebody, especially somebody who is outside of your identity, this very much strays from like things that you are familiar with, you know, that takes a lot of work. What we're doing here at DHG with this pride plus, like this takes a lot of work and it takes a lot to make us want to empathize with one another. We do want to believe that we're empathetic human beings, but when it's things we just don't understand, it takes learning. You know, it takes real like thoughtful consideration. It takes lots of methods of thinking to connect with what that person is dealing with. So one, I do believe it's a slightly lazy response. I mean, it's a response that is again, really common as well. Definitely. It's a common response for people coming out. You know, it's, it's really common for bisexual women. And it can be common in things like even more malicious and hurtful, like, you know, sexual assault, things that just people don't wish to understand, but we can understand are difficult things. The response of they're looking for attention is kind of lazy, I believe. And it unfortunately stops the conversation altogether because it's a bit senseless, you know, like who on earth wants that kind of attention? (laughs) This is not attention that, you know a lot of the attention that comes with this is not great. You know, it's way more bad than good. Absolutely. Like, you know, you're rarely being praised for being honest about who you are and more often you're being misunderstood. So that's definitely something that I would respond to somebody who has that kind of response and just let them know this is not a fun thing. Like one of the biggest cut parts of this conversation are, you know, (laughs) how is it to be misgendered? Does it make you feel embarrassed? Like, yes, of course it makes you feel embarrassed. And then I guess my last point on that is just another reason that kind of makes me a little sad is because that kind of infers to me that when somebody is looking at somebody being honest about their expression and their identity, And that's their response is that, you know, on the inside, that person is really feeling that about themselves as well. And that's difficult as well, you know, to think about if that person is thinking about being open about an identity about themselves or wants to express themselves in a way that's not necessarily within the social norms, they would tell themselves that they're looking for attention or they assume that everyone else is thinking they're looking for attention. That's kind of a sad way to live life. You know, it's a sad way to not want to reach out and be all those many versions of yourself that you are allowed to be without thinking that you are striving for attention. So it is a very complicated response that I have many, many thoughts about clearly. (laughs) If anything, you know, if you're dealing with anybody in your life who feels that way, one, make sure to make some space for that. Make space for yourself, protect yourself. That is harmful. And, you know, you, you are allowed to create space away from that person to make sure that you are not harming yourself with that person and, you know, wherever they are in their growth with this conversation. And second of all, understand that, 
to the person saying that, that like, again, this is really complicated. This is a hard thing to do. So, you know, generally people who are looking for attention don't go about it this way. It's definitely right. a bit more complicated than that. Right. You know, it's interesting. I think that you're spot on and totally appreciate your authentic, honest guidance on that question. So thinking about just as we kind of close everyday interactions, what are some tips that you might have for people? Mm, Good question. Some tips that I have, definitely, I think a great tip to just kind of go ahead and start being an ally or creating space for that. And, you know, just showing that you care about those things are doing the little things that we talked about in the beginning, like, you know, stating your pronouns when speaking to anybody, because every single person you talk to has a pronoun, whether it's within the social norms or it's not. So everybody has them. It's totally a great practice that having them in your email signature and things like that, you know, Instagram now has options to, you know, put your pronouns in there. I think it's a great practice to just be a part of it, even if you don't feel like you're part of that conversation. Because really where, you know, it comes to like be a really great part of the conversation and like be more normalized is when allies start to do these things, not just people within the LGBTQ plus community. It's when allies start to do it and really advocate that and really normalize situations like that by just stating your pronouns and acknowledging mm-hmm. that we all have pronouns. It's a really powerful practice. Secondly, I would say what I've kind of mentioned before, which is using kind of genderless language. It can be really fun <laughs> if you like, you know, there's really great resources to show all kinds of different ways to refer to people, like to refer to groups, especially really funny ways that don't include gender. And again, like I stated before, I know that in the South, it is really, really common to use sir and ma'am, you know, Mm. being polite. And that's definitely something that's difficult to untrain yourself with. And using sir and ma'am is okay, especially if you know their pronouns. Um, But if you're just speaking to somebody that you don't really know just yet, you know, I would definitely say stray away from that. And just when you're talking about people, ideas, hypotheticals in general, using the they term, you know, I think we discussed this a little bit in the past, um, you know, grammar can be a little complicated using they are, making sure your language is comfortable, you're not trying too hard to fit that pronoun into grammatical rules that you understand, because I think that can kind of imply, like, if you're saying they is, they're like really trying to make it proper, like in the grammatical sense, kind of gives the idea that maybe you care more about your grammar than correctly referring to somebody. So just make yeah. sure your language is comfortable. Yeah, make sure your language is comfortable. Like again, don't bring too much attention to it. And then the last thing that I would say that I've really thought about a little a bit, you know, since having this conversation and preparing for this podcast, like a really good way to be an ally and just to have tips. Like it's great to talk to people like myself. Like it's great to ask us questions directly. Like especially if it refers to our unique identity. It is good to have those conversations. But you also want to make sure you're balancing that with doing your own research and learning on your own and having good resources to kind of learn on your own, just so that we're being cautious of not putting the responsibility of educating others onto people in these marginalized groups. So Mm. being sure to include the experience of those people in your conversations but also doing research on your own. You know, there's amazing resources out there that can really help you kind of understand because it's a complex conversation. You know, understanding it on your own and learning it in your own way is one of the best ways that you can be an ally. And just educating yourself. There's a really, really, really great resource that I really loved using. I even used it to prepare for this podcast, but it's called mypronouns.org. And it pretty much talks about every single thing that you and I just talked about. Wow. What are pronouns? What to do when you make mistakes? How to ask? resources for that. Like it's super clean. It's super easy to read. I definitely recommend it. It's just a great little piece to like, just come back to, you know, if you have another situation in your life where 
you want to make sure someone in your life is comfortable and that you're treating them as best as possible. I think it's a great resource. That is awesome. And I think that this conversation today has been very enlightening. And I think it will help spark people to, you know, begin asking to put their pronouns in their email signature and to be an ally. So thank you, Alana, so much for sharing your perspective with us today. Yeah, of course. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Yes, and I always love catching up with you. So this was <laughs> another fun catch up. Alana yes. and I are both part of the Pride Plus Common Interest Group at DHG. It's a great group. You guys should join. We have Pride Pals. So Alana and I got to know each other. Sure we were Pride Pals. Yep. Yeah. So visit the homepage of the Compass to learn more about what we're doing for Pride Month and what we're doing with our Pride Plus Common Interest Group. Thanks so much, Alana. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. And thank you all for listening to Life at DHG, our premier podcast series. If you like what you just heard, we hope you'll tell your friends and colleagues. Be sure to check out our DHG blog for more great stories about our life beyond numbers. Join us next time for another edition of Life at DHG. DHG.